Welcome back to Sports Central. Greg Matzik with you till 9 o'clock tonight. No, I am not Bob Euchre. No, this is not Brewers baseball. Game washed out in St. Louis tonight. No makeup date has been put on the schedule just yet. Tomorrow's game will no longer be at 12.45. First pitch, it'll be 6.15. Our coverage will begin at 5.40. Rain still lingering in that area, though, expected to be in the forecast again tomorrow. So we... uh I want to see what kind of happens here over the next several days, really, as the Brewers move east to Pittsburgh, where the rain will be following them for a three-game weekend series. Packers welcome in their crop of rookies later this week for a rookie orientation period. Toward the end of the month, first block of organized team activities will take place. Before you know it, football will be here in earnest. Uh, Comb back through the Packers draft over the weekend. Welcome back in the voice of the Green Bay Packers. It's Wayne Larravee. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Greg. How you doing? I, doing great. So I'm very curious to see what has happened here with the running back room over the last week. Not only did the Packers draft three running backs, including one as high as the fourth round, but they also decided to part ways with a couple of veterans in Don Jackson and Christian Michael. Do you get the feeling that, that maybe another move is on the horizon here? You're talking about Ty Montgomery and a lot of rookies. Yeah, um, you know, you, that's one way of looking at it. I think the other way is that the Packers feel very confident that, uh, you know, most people on the outside looking in think Ty Montgomery because he was a wide receiver by trade is just kind of a gimmick at running back. And I think the Packers see him as much more than that. I think they see him as a three-down back, a guy they can get 20 touches a game to. Um, so I, I think that's number one. But number two is I think they also feel very strong about Jamal Williams on first and second downs if they have to go that way. So uh, I, I think that's a big part of it, whether they make another move or not. There are a couple of backs still out there free agency-wise. But, of course, Peterson is signed with uh, – Adrian Peterson is signed with New Orleans. And um, Jamal Charles, who's probably – would better fit the Packers because of his talents, um, he's signed with Denver. So, you know, there's some backs out there. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that um, Ladarius got uh, – one of the backs is still out there that New England had last year. Yeah, Blunt. And, uh, you know, Blunt, yeah, Ladarius Blunt. And, you know, there are a couple of other backs out there, but I'm not sure the Packers are going that direction. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens here. I mean, we recall why Montgomery was even thrust into that situation a year ago. It was due to injuries, right? I mean, top two guys ahead of him were beat up, and James Starks really never got it going. So it was kind of, it seemed like a force fit at the time. It turned out to be a nice fit. I guess I get a little concerned about the overall depth and what you'd be relying on if Ty Montgomery went down and maybe the fourth-rounder, something doesn't click right there. It just seems to be a lot to put on the rookie's plate. Yeah, you know, um, but they they feel this kid, uh, Jamal Williams, he's a mature kid. Uh, He's the all-time leading rusher at BYU, and they feel this kid can play. Uh, They feel very good about him. And you know, Greg, before the draft even began, people were telling me you can get good running backs on the third day of the draft, and the Packers hope they got three of them, but at least one, Jamal Williams in that fourth round is a guy I, I think they really feel strong about. Yeah, when I look at this draft, Wayne, I guess it, it, it all the check marks, right? If I'm looking at the, you know, the checklist of what, what you feel like you needed to accomplish with the draft, I feel like I'm hitting a lot of the check marks here as I go through the players selected. I, I always wonder, though, how many can be relied upon to contribute, uh, in some cases significantly, from day one, I think it's easy to look at Kevin King and say, well, there you go. All right, starting cornerback, maybe he and Devon House uh, on either sides and figure out your nickel and dime packages from there. But but again, you're talking about rookies being thrust into a situation that they have never played before and never experienced before. Well, they're transitioning this roster, and they have been since the uh, 2014 season. 
Um, they're transitioning, and now what we're seeing with the loss of people like T.J. Lang and Julius Peppers and people like that, uh, they're starting to chip away at the core of what was a Super Bowl-caliber team in 2014. But, you know, you can only sit on that for so long, and so this is a transitionary period. Yes, are these kids going to be looked to play uh, early and often? Yeah, I don't know if they'll start. I would think Kevin King would be tailor-made for that. Uh, Josh Jones probably in the sub-packages. Montrevious Adams will be in the rotation on the defensive line. Uh, Vince Beagle, I'm, I'm not quite sure where he'll fit. If he's if he can rush the passer, he'll fit pretty well at outside linebacker. But um, this is these kids are going to have to play. Let's make no mistake about that. And this is a big year of transition on the Green Bay roster. You know, it was very clear, Wayne, just watching the way the draft unfolded, that the Packers had a very high grade on Kevin King and likely a grade higher than T.J. Watt. So they executed the trade, felt they could still get their guy in the second round, and they did. I I guess, and I don't know the board, and I know you don't know the board, but I'm very curious to know just how close T.J. Watt and Vince Beagle were on the Packers draft board. As I go through some of the scouting reports, some people believe that Beagle's a little bit more ready to go at the position, although Watt may have a higher ceiling. That's the whole thing, uh, Greg. And the draft is a lot about your ceiling, uh, not where you are today. How how high can you jump? How, how far can you go? What's your ceiling? And I, I think that uh, the difference between TJ and Vince Beagle is that TJ has a projected ceiling that is much higher than where he is right now, whereas Vince, um, his ceiling is is not. There's not quite as much distance between where he is now as a player and where his ceiling might be. But there's no question, you know, a lot of people have talked about that when we were up in Green Bay over the weekend about how, you know, there, there are some people who actually like Vince Beagle a little bit more than T.J. Watt, and you're exactly right. Uh, Vince Beagle may be better equipped at the moment because of his experience to, uh, to contribute right away at linebacker, at outside linebacker. Uh, what I don't know and I, what I can't decipher is, does he have the pass-rushing ability they need uh, you know, I'd outside linebacker, and that's important. But, um, you know, a lot of people thought uh, that uh, outside linebacker, the pass rusher, was the Packers' primary need. Obviously, they did not. They said, we need guys who can cover in that secondary. We need speed in the secondary. Kevin King was that pick. I think Kevin King was the pick all along. Um, Josh Jones is an intriguing player at that safety spot. We were ta- I was talking to some people in Chicago today, and, you know, they project him more as an, uh, basically a hybrid linebacker. Um, and a lot of the things he'll be asked to do will be at that, in that capacity. But you gotta like, uh, 441 speed and, uh, 621, uh, that guy, uh, you know, if he hits, uh, boy, he'll be a star. You know, that's what the, the amazing thing is, Wayne. Instantly, these two players become, uh, especially in the case of King, they, your tallest cornerback. But also your fastest members of the secondary, and it just yes. it, snap of a finger, right? I mean, you, you, you've got mm-hmm. you got big and you got fast in your secondary. Yeah, I think uh, um, you know uh, John Gutekunst said it very well. The director of uh, uh, player personnel on the second night of the draft, as somebody asked him, "Well, what do you what do you make of this after day two of the draft?" And he said, "Well, we got bigger and uh, we got faster," and and that was the thing. You look at that throughout the draft. Uh, Montrevious Adams, the defensive tackle out of Auburn, six three and a half, three oh four, runs a four eight seven forty. That's exceptional for a guy of that size. I mean, he's got he's going to back up Mike Daniels at the three technique, but I, I could picture him rushing the quarterback in passing situations in the sub packages as an end. Um, you know, but we're counting on these rookies. You're looking at these rookies, Greg. But I, I said this on my podcast earlier this week. 
the, the real improvement of this defense will come from people like Kenny Clark, the second-year player, making that big jump into year two. It'll come from Clay Matthews being healthy, and, and if he uh, sacks the quarterback 10, 11 times, that'll make them better on that level. And then it's Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins, and I know that 90% of the fandom have written those guys off. I have not. I don't think the Packers have, but this is the key year for them. Uh, you know, Randall uh, and Rollins have shown us some flashes especially Demarius Randall, um, can he put it together on a week-to-week basis? Uh, that remains to be seen. Both of them were banged up last year, and I think they're looking for those two guys to be healthy this year. Let's see what they really have with those two guys. Yeah, and I guess the area that I get a little more nervous with Randall and Rollins is if they have to be your starting number one and number two guys and have to play on the outside. I mean, they, they just couldn't do it last year with uh, any level of consistency, but... If you're talking about Devon House and Kevin King maybe being your outside guys, and now you know, Randall and Rollins get to you know, be in part of the sub packages, that might even be a better fit for them, Wayne. And perhaps they were just miscast uh, in, in their opportunities last year, given the situation with the secondary. Well, coming out, you know, a lot of teams had those kids projected because of their speed at safety rather than cornerback. Um, I still think Demarius Randall projects to the outside. Obviously, Quentin Rollins is an inside guy. They tried to use him outside a little bit last year. That didn't go so well. But I, I think, you know, when you look at Randall, he's a guy who can play on the outside, but he's a number two, you know, not a number one. And when Sam Shields, unfortunately, went down to the opener, that made uh, Demarius Randall unfairly, made him a number one. He had a great opener in Jacksonville. He got burnt uh, to a crisp in Minnesota, and that's how his season went. One week was really good. The next week was not so good. Then he got banged up and, and tried to play through injury, which is admirable. But obviously, I don't think we've seen the best. The kid has an ability to make plays. Now, does he have 4-4 four, four speed? No, not at all. But he, he has an ability to make plays. I kind of like him as the number two guy, um, but I, I think we're going to ask Kevin King to be the number one guy right from the get-go. Um, I think that's what's going to happen eventually as we get to opening day if King pans out. He'll be the starter. And Wayne, before we let you go, are you headed to Eddie Lacy's rummage sale over this weekend? You know, I'm going to be up there. I'm going up Friday. <laughs> I, I'm hoping to get in there early, you know, to see, to get some of the quality stuff before the uh, before the vendors come in, you know. Yeah, well, you need, you need a new lamp, right? You, you, maybe yeah. he's got some framed Alabama gear. Who knows? Yeah, you know, maybe he'll even autograph something. I, <laughs> you, know, you never know. I mean, you got to go to these things, Greg. You, you go early in the morning before the masses get there and you you knock on the door rather rudely before it begins, and, and you get a look at all the good stuff. Well, there you go. Tips on uh, rummaging from Wayne Larravee. Wayne, I always appreciate your time. It was a lot of fun doing that draft show last week, and we'll see you up in Green Bay sometime soon. Hey, Greg, really quick, I want to give you a guy. I, I don't know much about the rookie free agents they signed, but there's a kid out of Washburn, Kansas, by the name of Cody Hyman. He's an inside linebacker. Some teams had him projected a fullback. This kid is an inside linebacker running a four-five-three forty, which would make him by far the Packers' fastest inside linebacker. He benched thirty-one times, two twenty-five, thirty-one times, which is kind of like alignment. And his Wonderlick score was thirty-three, which is kind of isn't that up there with quarterbacks? I, 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 interesting <laughs> prospect. Yeah, in the thirties, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, really. So it'll be interesting to see these kids when we get up there on Friday. Yeah, that's always the uh, other interesting aspect of the rookie class. Uh, of course, somebody is going to emerge from that undrafted rookie free agent group. Good stuff, Wayne. As always, we will talk to you down the road. Sounds good, Greg. Thanks. All right, take care. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larview, joining us on Sports Central.